The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Kev, I love getting little presents. Um, Harry Callahan sent one in. <laughs> so nice, nice of Harry to to send one to us. Um, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting of all people. <laughs> no, this uh, this is a Harry Callahan book, isn't it? Sent in by uh, our our good friend Stateside Dennis Lee in the bunker. Dennis Lee in the bunker. I um, uh, this is and I don't want it to appear like an in joke at all. But for a, we, there is a um, a group called the Locked In, which we are members of. Um, and um and and it was it was a sort of pub quizzy place to go it's more of sort of a discussion forum now isn't it and dennis lee is part of that mm. and that's why we call him dennis lee in the bunker because uh, whenever he came on he did it well he is in a basement isn't it but it, it it looks like this kind of nuclear proof shelter that is that is he's built himself <laughs> yeah, yeah nice guy really nice yeah, guy. really nice although it was a bit disconcerting when he shaved off his beard he was al- almost like he'd hidden the real dennis <laughs> lee in a cupboard <laughs> he also sent us bless him so he sent us two copies of that yeah uh, those so, um, uh, callahan uh, books yeah this i mean the work of uh, of harry callahan's beautiful isn't it oh yeah incredible it's black and white work yeah i love it i love it new um, york 65 skyscrapers from chicago just wonderful black and white images he also sent a couple of prints of his own work did he dennis's work which is uh, he's a commercial photographer who takes pictures mm. of wind turbines mostly <laughs> so he sent us a couple of uh, fine art prints of those and i forgot to bring yours that's all right i thought maybe <laughs> they, uh, he'd only sent it to you they're cool the the, the um the keen eye people might spot that in the background of my youtube studio on oh, the wall right, along okay. with all my other what, you little mean prints you've nicked both prints and one of them the other one's in the uh, in the to give to neil box oh okay that's the only thing in it right now. And, and the other one uh, was from uh, Darren, Darren Rose, who wrote in a book uh, where, if you can get past the cover and pronounce it... <laughs> yeah, that's why I handed it to you. Ardnamurkin Echoes. That sounds about right. Um, Say it again. Ardnamurkin Echoes. 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 Say it again. Echoes. Oh, God. Right, okay. <laughs> oh, Kev. Which is a... And, and you're going to have trouble with this. This is a beautiful black and white zine. I hate that word. But it is very beautiful. It is very beautiful. And actually, that's the perfect description for it, isn't yeah, it? Because it yeah. it's not quite a magazine. It's not quite a book. So zine, I suppose, is, is the correct adjective. Is shot, adjective sh- the right word for that? I think so, yeah. Shot, shot on an X-Pro3 for, mm. for most of the images. He says Fujis can be used for landscapes. Yes, because we did have that conversation recently. We did. Is there a little www or anything there that is. people can see? Darren, DarrenRosePhotography.com and you'll be able to see the sort of stuff that, that Darren does. Beautiful. Well done. Thank you. And thank you very much for the presents. Gratefully received. The Fujicast. Hello. Welcome to um, another Monday. Don't they come round fast? We do. You and your questions from our electronic mailbag and of course uh, now also through the Fujicast private Facebook group that you are welcome to become a part of. If you do want to send an old-fashioned mail, send it through to click at fujicast.co.uk. Thank you to our friends of the show, Um, our VIPs now, our very impressive photographers. Welcome aboard those who don't shoot Fuji. You're very welcome here. And as you listen on, uh, you'll find that we talk about all kinds of stuff. doesn't necessarily have a brand badge and sometimes has absolutely nothing to do with photography. (laughs) Uh, And, of course, you've just become part of a a friendly club. There's Kev's Book of the Week. What do we have this week, Kev? Uh, This week we have an incredible, one of my favourite books. I know I say that every week. Uh, It's by the uh, acclaimed 
photographer and sometimes singer he's not a bad singer either yeah. Brian Adams really yeah he still owes me money <laughs> yeah actually when I got this there was a fiver in the front but I no, uh, I think it's 20 quid 20 quid was it well uh, yeah and I, I didn't I'll put that in the box of things to give to Neil also yeah. the book's called Haven we will discuss it in a little while he did he did has taken some pictures of quite famous people in there hasn't he yeah yeah that's awesome yeah. Um, that's one I keep well away from the dog <laughs> as as uh, as Git been savaging books again? <laughs> Not for a while, but yeah. it's uh, I don't want him savaging that one. That, yeah. This is one of those ones that we will get emails from. Oh my god, how do you expect us to afford that? Can he still buy that one? Then it's hard to get hold of, but yes, yeah. you can. Good. And guest today is um, Wayne Johns, uh, the Fujifilm ex photographer, in his uh, ambassadorial role, um, the the fashion, beauty, and advertising and lighting expert. So uh, he's on the show as uh, as our interview. Right to questions. You go first, Kev. This is from Joseph Abad uh, from West Hartford, Connecticut. Home, I think, to Mark Twain's house. Yeah, the brutal storm in America. Didn't you see that yeah, well, last in, week? Yeah, yeah, all good words. Yeah. I think it's still going on, isn't it? There's uh, there's some storms across the country at the moment. Mm. Is it that season? It is, isn't it? Getting into it, yeah. yeah. I think they're a bit early this year, though, aren't they? I, d- I don't know. I really don't know. Global warming, all that stuff. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, hi, Neil and Kev. Love the show. Yada, 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 yada. The pandemic has impacted all of us in different ways. I keep teetering on halting all my personal projects and resigning from all social media for oh a digital God. detox. No. I love that word, digital detox. Words that, words that have um, become synonymous with modern life. Digital detox. I know we don't need permission, but if you were planning on a purge from social media for any given amount of time, how would you suggest to do it in a way that doesn't alienate your followers or give the impression that you have abandoned the field? Thanks for all your time and efforts, Joseph A. Bad. Well, I think you, you need to ask uh, the, the man that could be the next president. What do, what do you think, Joe? Are we ready? Yeah. I believe we are. Yeah. We must be. Well, if he says so, we should. Is he replacing the previous one? Oh, no, well, I can't, I can't say that because you might yet get in, um, <laughs> Mr. President. Don't be a cutie pie. I'm, I'm trying. I'm doing my best here. Mm. Um, ah, well, how would you... We might you get in trouble for that because isn't it like... No, election, I balanced. I balanced. Election season now. No, but I balanced. Yeah, but when it was our election, we weren't even allowed to talk about it. I know, but it's slightly different in America, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think when you leave social media, the one thing that I... The one... This, uh, this is one of my, one of my pet loathes. Um, is when people go on social media and they do this great big, I'm going to leave. If you want to be my friend, let me know. <laughs> you know, wait, wait, waiting for this yeah. influx of people to say, don't go. We love you too much. They not, might, as well take, might as well take a picture of the, just put a picture of yourself up holding a the big banner that says, I need attention. Yeah, that would be a much better way to do it. And the amount of... The amount of times I see it. Or, you know, people that go up and say, I'm having a purge. Uh, There are tablets you can take. Enjoy yourself. Did you? I saw a... There's an amazing... You know Kevin Bridges, the comedian, the Scottish comedian? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my word. He's done an amazing sketch about social media. If social media was a pub. uh, (laughs) I haven't seen this. You you just have to look it up. If social media... It it basically starts off with... uh, Well, if social media was a pub, you just wouldn't go in it, would you? (laughs) 
would it be the one you <laughs> and, pass by? And he goes, oh, honestly, it's brilliant. It's I a rough I, joint, that one. I'm I not going want, in there. I don't want to steal the uh, the credit or anything, but it's it's absolutely phenomenally funny. And he, he goes on to say, uh, you know, if you went into a pub and you, uh, you sat down next to your cousin who yeah. only spoke in inspirational words, <laughs> <laughs> you would just get up and leave. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't go in that one either. <laughs> God, you imagine that. And then he goes on about, uh, you know, you, you go into a pub and somebody sits down next to you and says, uh, oh, Granny, it's been it's been six years since you left us. I really miss you, Granny. <laughs> and he's like, listen, mate, your Granny couldn't even turn the volume up on the telly. Would you think she's in heaven with an iPad watching? <laughs> uh, it's re- you've got to see it. Kevin Bridges, um, if social media was a pub. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the but how would more you, serious point. How would you leave Twitter or, or Facebook or Instagram? Oh, uh, honestly, you, would know, you do a bit of sulking. Actually, I, I will say that when you do leave, you just just you turn it off. And I, I people are left you. going, "Where's Kev?" <laughs> I've done it a couple of times. I've deactivated Facebook. No, but I don't think you've ever done the sulk, have you? Or, or have oh no, you? no, no, no. I don't. No. I don't announce. No, it. you haven't done the. No, I need friends thing. I don't bang the door really loud behind me. <laughs> I just sneak out through the window and and you mm. know leave it. And usually my mum about six weeks later goes, well, I haven't heard from you for a while. <laughs> like, yeah, because we only communicate. I've noticed. Yeah, yeah I, 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 it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, we've all been through it. Mm. You know, bringing this back to a serious nature. Social media. We used to say on this show a lot. You know, remember the social and social media. Yeah. And by and large, I think most people do. But. Uh, you know, interestingly, well, I, I did a, um, a video last week and the very first comment that came up within three minutes of me posting it oh, no. was, oh, good, ugly boy's back. <laughs> that was the very first comment. Oh, this is a time for... Don't be a cutie pie. Yeah, it, it, no, don't, nobody needs that. I'd spent the best part of four weeks planning I know, that video. I know. And we've had, uh, we'd had constant conversations and I felt really <laughs> uncharitable the other day when I said, Kev, you're never going to make your room sound sound good. It's like a big echo chamber. Give up. It is. I didn't quite say that. No, it is though. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, know. But I know how much blood, sweat and tears you put into that. I know. And it's, it's, not, it's not about that. But it's, it, you know, when you get that kind of comment, it does make you yeah. just want to go, you know what? Everybody. Yes. And, and just delete and use a special finger on, on your hand to delete everything. Right. Um, but by and large, uh, you know, it's good. So I think the key thing uh, is, for me at least, is that I always I always try and think, actually, it is social. It's social media. We all use it for marketing. Of course we do, uh, those of us that need to. Um, but, you know, I would very, very easily, I would find it very easy for me to set up a second Facebook profile just for close friends and family. Right. And... You know, I know lots of people have done that, but I just find I would think. I mean, I find that easy to do psychologically, but probably difficult oh, but to then do. You'd have and to keep f- it going. Then yeah, you'd have to feed it. No, exactly, exactly. And but if you don't feed it for a little while, Facebook forgets you. Then your friends would never see the stuff you're posting anyway. Yeah, so what's the point? Yeah, I mean, it's. I suppose it's a little bit like having a car, isn't it? You know, mm. you. Not many of us particularly want to have a car that's belching out fuel and mm. you know and all that kind of stuff, but. It's a necessity, you know, and it, it can be quite enjoyable if you have a nice car with a nice radio and playing a nice podcast and not mention any names, <laughs> um, you know, so it, 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 it's a bit like that. But, yeah. uh, you know, I we've like you said, we've seen it. We've seen people go in. Let me out. I want, you know, I, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. You know, Keep in touch with me if you want to keep in touch with me. Like, if you're going to leave, why just tell people not to keep in touch with you? That's. That's surely that's the point, right? You know, like you say, it's hey, atten- I don't well, get that. No, no. So if people are saying I'm leaving social media, if yeah. you want to contact me, yeah. I'm on Messenger or on Twitter or something. Yeah. It's like, well, then you're not leaving, are you? 
you're oh, not. No, yeah. No. So so either leave properly, mm. shut the door fully, or don't leave the f- door on a jar. Shut the front door. Shut the, <laughs> shut the back door. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> right. Um, well, I, I do agree with that. But, and, and also, it was inter- I, I'm, I'm going to propose something else here. For social media, do you need it? Or do you need it all? Choose the one that you love, that you embrace, that you believe in, and throw it all at that, because there is something to be said for that. Jack Lowe from the Lifeboat Station Project, which is a brilliant f- photography project, and uh, I've since become a... I've got into this uh, Patreon thing, which we must talk about, by the way, but, uh, and I, I've joined his, and um, I'm reading some of the blogs and some of, the st- uh, some of, the, some of those things in the, in the Patreon area, and that he writes about social media, and he often says... You know, when he left Facebook, um, he, he'd been on Facebook with all these followers for years, so he thought, followers for years. He'd been on Twitter, he'd been on Instagram. And then he, he, he called it, I think, what did he call it? Mission fatigue, that was it. Mm. And finally it, it, it got the better of him. And he, one day he was, he was trying to do a piece to camera. To, I think it got to the 100th station, a uh, lifeboat station. He was in, oh, it's a place in Ireland that doesn't sound like it should be in Ireland. But never mind. But he was Berlin. in Berlin. Uh, Is it Berlin? No. Uh, v- v- um, v- it starts with V. Venice. No. Anyway, he was um, Venetia. No. Uh, anyway, he was in. He was in Ireland, doing his hundred. He's trying to do a piece to camera about s- thanking everybody for for their support, and he just couldn't get his words out. And he was complete. He said, "I just got to the end of it, and I had to write. I'm exhausted." And one of the things that I think was exhausting him was most certainly social media. Mm. And um, he came off Facebook, and the thing that he said, you know, what really struck him was when he came off Facebook, he said, look, I'm still here, I'll check in. He didn't do this, I'm leaving now. He just said, I'm not going to use Facebook anymore, but it's still here. Mm. And, in, and you know, but if you'd like to support me, this is where I'm going to be. He told them where he's going to be instead. Yeah. And, and instead of people saying, oh, we'll come and join you over there, they said, oh, well, it's nice to have been part of the project. See you later. And it was almost like, oh, right, okay, so you supported me for five or six years here, mm. but just because I'm not going to do anything on Facebook anymore, you can't be bothered. Mm. Which shows you actually that, you know, the support that you feel you might have on social media platforms, probably not as large as you like to believe. I do think it's a double-edged sword because, I, I you know, for me, uh, you know, we again, I'm banging the same drum. It's the social element of things, isn't it? Social media was designed as a way of interacting with people. Yes. It was never meant to be a way of selling, marketing, advertising, etc. in the beginning. Yeah. And but inevitably it would be. Of course, uh, absolutely. And, and and that's how I use it and that's how most people use it. But it's I think you know you have two you have two kind of styles of people who who race into it. You know, they race into it for the likes. They want the fame, they want the glory, they want the the adoration, they want the attention. And and if you're one of those people, you're just going to spend all your time on your phone pressing refresh, refresh. Yeah. How many likes? How many counts? Uh, you know, how, how how big is my my ego going to get from this? And and that's just going to end up going badly wrong. You know, I think so yeah. because then you just become. You, you but know. also, it makes people very angry as well. I, I'm pr- <laughs> I'm pretty angry, as you know. Mm. But uh, generally, most of the time, Are you? when I wake up in the morning, oh, okay. when I go to bed at night, no. when I, you know, back tea time, lunch time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but you you know, it is. It's honestly, it's a. We all know these people, right? You know, yeah. it's 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 about. I'm going to go out. I'm going to shoot all day, and I'm going to put my pictures on Instagram yeah. or Facebook or whatever, and. Yeah. And then they get really angry that they haven't got any likes, you know. Yes. And uh, and going back to the Kevin Bridges sketch, is it Kevin Bridges? It is Kevin Bridges? He's that's the I got the name right, didn't I? Shall I look him up? Yeah, 
because uh, I've got a feeling though Kevin Bridges is a left back. Kevin Bridges, comedian. So yeah, that's him. Yes, Kevin that's Bridges. Him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't click on any of those because no, <laughs> he, will, he just yeah. starts swearing straight away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> very funny guy. Very funny. Uh, <laughs> Should we click on this one? No, no, no. no. Don't click on not any. that one. Don't either. click no. on any. Okay. He's even got one of those faces, hasn't he? That just. I think he's from Glasgow. He's got that Glaswegian. He's got that glint he's, he's in got, his eye. Yeah, he's got that. Are you ready for me? Here I come. Yeah, here I come. Mm-hmm. Stand by. Whether you like it or not, <laughs> we shouldn't do the English versus Scottish football one either. Yeah, it is very funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So anyway, I think we've we've um, yeah we've done that one. We've kind of answered that question, yeah. haven't we? But if you so, want to leave, leave. Yeah. If you want to leave, leave properly. Go out in style. Yeah. Um, if you don't, don't want to leave, don't beg for friends. <laughs> Good point, Joseph. And it does it it can stress us all out. So yeah. Chris J Guy. Hi Neil. Hi Kevin. I'd love to know what your workflow is for family images. I love capture. I just give it to my wife and say, there we go. There's the camera. Do it. There's my workflow. <laughs> I love capturing my family and have a goal to make a book each year of them. I love the simplicity of the X100. It's a joy to document the little ones with this camera. However, what's not a joy is the post-processing. I use Lightroom for weddings, but I don't really want to follow my wedding workflows. The folder structuring, the importing, the organising, the editing, it's all quite cumbersome. Any tips to keep this simple? That's from uh, Chris J. Guy, who is in... um, Have you ever been to Australia? (laughs) (laughs) When all this is over, Kev, <laughs> you and I, I've, I'm uh, in the next couple of weeks. I've made contact with a an airline pilot who might might well be listening. Who is a Fujifilm ambassador? Oh, I know who you mean. Yeah, and he flies the big A380s. Yeah, I've, I'm going to ask him. Never mind your freebies of your Harry Harry Callahan books, which are all beautiful. Thank you very much for sending them. I'd like him to send us two first class tickets to Australia. Uh, I went. I was lucky enough to do business class on one of those A three eighties. What with the absolutely full flat seats, Kev? Oh, it's insane! It's like your own little bedroom. Oh my word! What with a little, little 30, slidey doory thing? Twenty five inch screen. No way. Plus an iPad to look at when you're lying down. Yeah, little door. It's got your own little mini bar, pub at the back of the plane. I wouldn't want to come off that. Oh, it's great. (laughs) If you ever turn left, you never want to turn right again, would you? Well, you go upstairs on those, you see. Is it upstairs? Turn right and go up the stairs. It's a big sweeping staircase that takes you upstairs. It's like the Titanic. Well, Uh, I know, probably wouldn't want to compare that (laughs) when you're flying on an airliner, would you? Albie made me watch a film yesterday about, um, I don't know what it was. can't remember what it was called, but it was basically about a solar flare Hmm. and the entire centre of the world blowing up. Hmm. Um, it was horrible, absolutely horrible. I I knew I would hate it from the very first second. Was that on the Cartoon Network? <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> I think it's called 2012 or something. Hmm. Uh, and I, I was like, Albie, why was he watching that? Well, no, he said, Dad, do you want to watch? Albie's a-, a sensitive soul. That's not the kind of stuff for him to be watching. He, he didn't watch the end of it because Thank God. you know. He, he well, was actually, like, he probably wanted to because there must be a nice end at the end. Surely. He, n- well, we never got to the end. Oh. I don't know. So I, I, in the end, I just said to him, I cannot watch this anymore. No. If you want to watch it, you carry on. And uh, and he was like, no, I don't think so, Dad. And then I, I went in the I went in the li- I went in the kitchen and I was uh, I was making dinner and we were the only two in the house at the time. And I turned around and he was just stood behind me in the kitchen, like you know, like some kind of spectre. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing, Albs? And he was like, oh, I just. Um, just thought I'd stay by you for a while. <laughs> oh, I was like, you see, LB, that's what yeah. happens if you don't just watch Carry On films or Midsummer Murders <laughs> or things like that. Midsummer Murders. It's going to be terrifying. Mind you, you live, in a, terrifying. you live in a part of the world, you know, Malmesbury is not too 
too different to where the sort of settings for Midsummer Murders. Oh, I, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be watching that it, if it, I lived it, in Malmesbury. It's, it's, <laughs> I have another funny story. I have to quickly tell you, we, we have a friend, and uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but he... He's um, one of your sort of uh, funny uh, name, like Big Dave. Yeah, but I'm not going to mention his name right. for obvious reasons. So okay. we sat in his garden one day, and one of the other guys goes, uh, oh yeah, when they were building this uh, this estate, <laughs> see that tree there? <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah, he goes... Uh, Is this on your grounds? That, not in my house, oh, right. but in someone else's. Because, right. uh, yeah, that's where they found the dead body of the woman who lived in, worked in the ledge centre. Oh, my word. He was like, what? Oh. And sure enough, we looked up on the internet, there is there this tree that's at the end of his garden, and, and uh, it was before the housing estate was there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we all kind of uh, <laughs> left and went somewhere else. Yeah, not surprised. You haven't sat under that tree with beers since. But Malmesbury is a bit like me. Some of it is yeah. quite right. Anyway, so this, this question then, post-processing for um, family work, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I was kind of joking a bit, but, but n- not also at the same time when I say Sam, my wife in, uh, in, in our family, she makes all the pictures and just, she just puts them up raw into the books that we order from, from Blurb, um, is who we use. And, um, yeah, they come straight out the iPhone, no post-processing at all. And the kids, lo- I, I tell you what, those books that we have one a year, we've had one, we've made them now for, for 12 years. Mm. People just, they leaf through these things. Nobody's saying, oh, that one's a bit dodgy on the retouching. People no, love them. True. Do you find it more difficult these days what, with the kids what? taking pictures? Uh, uh, yeah, Jack's a bit, 12-year-old Jack, he's a bit harder. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I found it, I have to say, I found it, it's changed a lot for me now. Yeah, but you take, yeah, but the pictures <laughs> you take of your kids are very different. You're They're often quite arty. And I, I would imagine now they've, you know, why can't you just be like everybody else, Dad, and take it with the iPhone? It's done in a second. Yeah, I, I, it's it's <laughs> it's really upsetting me actually because you know Rose, I understand it fully. I, I totally get it. I mean, Rose, Rose is not want to do them anymore. Twelve now. Well, she's, you know, she she in fact she's she's better than I'll be really, but she's, mm. you know, it's impossible for me to to take them secretly as I used to be able to. Right. Um. You know, we and and like, I don't know. They should. They should they do tweeny type things more often now. They'd, they'd still do things like leap into the water, wouldn't they? You know, the swimming pool shots that you used to take. Yeah, but we haven't been there. I know you haven't, <laughs> but they would still, do, if you had gone this year, or don't mention the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they would still do all that kind of stuff. But the general at-home stuff is, mm. I find it far more challenging. I mean, there's a lot of very personal pictures of Albie in sort of uh, emotional... yeah. Um, I mean, he was some sometimes outbursts during the uh, during the the. You got a great one during the the real deep lockdown. The lockdown, he was having his hair cut by Gemma, and uh, and I thought this would be a really nice picture. So I'm in the living room, you know, not necessarily a picture I was going to ever share, but one for our family history. He didn't want to have his hair cut, so you know he was just he kept putting his foot in the way, and, and you know, and I'm and and I was thinking, well, actually, this is this is what's happening. So I'll try and make something out of the fact that there's a foot in the way. And in the end, I just thought, it. I can't be asked. And stopped. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Oh, I thought you about had this lovely story of how you just got round that pillar there, nah. shot through that gap. I just thought, nah, no. No. I've had it. But what do you do with the post processing, though? Well, that's, yeah, going back to the question. Because then you, you do the actually go the full, the full gamut with that, don't you? Well, sometimes. So, what I typically do on my personal cameras is I, I have a big memory card, 256 gig. So, I just shoot for months, really, on that without really worrying about what's on there. And then when I get a little bit of time, I'll, I'll go into Photo Mechanic, I'll select the ones I want to keep. The, the hardest thing we have as f- 
you know, documenting our own families is deciding which pictures to delete, not which pictures to keep, but which pictures to delete. And, uh, you know, it's it's that same old adage, isn't it? When you're selling prints and stuff, you know, instead of saying to people from a marketing point of view, which pictures would you like to keep? You use the words, which pictures would you like me to delete forever? Yeah, this is the <laughs> famous high street um, yeah. brand used to do that as, as part of their sales process, Yeah, exactly. Wasn't it? And I guess it worked. Maybe they go, no, don't let it go in slow motion. But deleting pictures is the hardest thing. But the thing is, you know, if you've got four pictures of, of the same thing, really... Why do you need four of them? Mm. But it's hard to delete pictures of your loved ones. So that's that's the hardest thing. So like I say, I'll do it every couple of months. I don't I don't think about it specifically. Yeah. I'll bring them into my own personal Lightroom catalogue and um, I will I'll just go through the ones I, I want to keep and stuff. And it's not it's not a process as such. It's it's just done very ad hoc. Is it usually actually more likely at the end of the year when I do also the what, books. What do you, when you do post-process, what do you spend more time on? Post-processing one of your professional images or one of your very nice family ones? Or is that a I very think, unfair question? I think both the same, really? to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my workflow is very... Uh, you know, I don't retouch anything. No. I, I apply colour. I, I, mean, I, I correct things yeah. in terms of straightening You never exposures. put it into Photoshop or anything? No, not really. I mean, I might very occasionally if I want to do a little bit of specific yeah. dodging and burning. But but there's no editing. There's no moving things around or anything like mm. that. So yeah, it's very very simple. Mm, I think I'm I'm quite Presets. I'm very similar actually. I do have a family folder, and I do have uh, now for the Friday edition of the um, of, of my new podcast of Photography Daily. I have a Friday photo walks folder, and that's it. Everything else is just in wedding folders. Yeah, keep it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. Right. Uh, we must whisk through the, the questions in the second half, Kev. We, we, we kind of got caught on the two there. But, oh, that's all right. We're all friends here together, aren't we? Uh, Club Indulgence, where we get to read the, the lovely things that you write in. Um, and um, shall, I, shall I kick off? Yeah. JJ okay. Potts. Fun, informative and inspirational. I love this podcast. There aren't many I listen to every week, but this is one of them. I, I nearly, it nearly always has me chuckling, providing useful, helpful insights into every aspect of being a photographer. Inspires me to want to get better at my own photography. And it's uh, so well produced, it's a pleasure to listen to. Well, that's very kind of you, JJ, JJ, JJ Potts. Thank you guys for all the hard work you put in. This is from Joe Mac 1980. I wonder yeah. when he was born. Uh, do you remember Joe 90? Joe 90, I do indeed. God, yes. yes Joe 90. <laughs> and those glasses. Uh, oh. Fantastic podcast with a wealth of experience and knowledge. I love how they involve the listeners by asking for questions, inviting them to join a Facebook group. The hosts <laughs> are funny too, which helps. They what? have created a fantastic community around the podcast of all skill levels. Yeah. Um, Jinx. 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 Um, they're the photographer friends I never had. For me, it's Neil and Kev chatting down the pub type conversation. Well, not that pub that you were mentioning with that, uh, that, that um, comedian. <laughs> what was it again? So the, the pub of social media. The pub of social media. <laughs> Um, you don't have to. You don't have to start at the beginning. Be in on the lingo or know much about photography. You don't even have to shoot Fujifilm. It's written Fujifilm. Is that another brand? <laughs> Is that a knockoff? I'd love to go to Fiji. I would. Yeah, Fiji's one of those places in the world I'd love to go to. The group on Facebook reflects the tone of this podcast. Open, easy to listen to, non-judgmental. Give it a go. You never know. And you be the judge of it. Thank you very much, Jinx. Mm-hmm. MWO2 Veg from the United Kingdom. What yeah. a great listen. Please keep it up. Probably the best photography podcast in the world. In the world. Informative and entertaining. All right. Remember, if you send one of these in, um, this is this is always true that... You're our favourite listener. 
said we mean it. Right, time for, for this week's interview, which is with Fujifilm X photographer, part of their ambassadorial lineup. Wayne Johns. Now, we haven't really touched on the world of fashion, beauty and advertising very much, if at all. Uh, and for me, it's always been a world apart from anything um, that, well, the both of us have been involved in. Um, so I had a reasonably long chat with Wayne, which means that the interview has been chopped into two pieces. This week, some of the, the harsh realities. So much so the two parts feel like we're in boot camp, military training style. Break it all down for part one then build it all up again for part two when we discuss how you can be a, a part of the scene, what it takes and what you need to even think about shooting the genre. Also today, kit. Yes, kit talk in terms of lighting too. And that question, how do you become an ambassador for the brand? Wayne, I was reading your bio, best known for your crisp and emotive in imagery. Emotive I get, but crisp I'm a bit confused by. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? I'm a simple soul. Do you know, I've actually taken that statement from a client that actually wrote that about my work. Um, a very so what, uh, crisp as in my kids that say, Dad, you don't understand what crisp means. You're not very crisp. <laughs> well, you've lost me there already, so I don't know what that means. What do you think it means then? I, do you know, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know whether, and you know, I've been trying to figure that part of it out for, for a long time. I don't know whether it's because my images are always sharp, as in crisp, because I don't shoot a lot of soft focus stuff. I shoot a lot of high detailed stuff well you're right it is i mean the, the you're very bold you know they are sharp i don't just mean i don't just mean physically sharp and technically yeah. sharp but but they are very sharp bold statementy images that's what you like doing isn't it it's kind of the rut that i've got stuck into i think um whether that's a good thing or not i don't know but um i i wish i had the natural ability in me to not keep checking sharpness um or even shoot some blurry images you know going in for movement slow slow shutter speeds and things um something i've always intended to do but uh, i've never done commercially what what do you mean by rut do you feel you're in a a rut? I, I think I've been in a bit of a commercial rut for some years. Um, I think once you get into, you know, a commercial place uh, with your work, you, you, you kind of carry on um, putting that work out because obviously you're, you're fitting the criteria for a lot of commercial jobs. So you tend to carry on and carry on with that kind of thing. I know the competition within your genres of fashion and beauty and advertising are reasonably tough. I know I, I expected it to be so, but it's not made any easier by some of the stories I hear by... By those casting and commissioning, where you you're expected to to bring Instagram followers to the party, not just not just your skills, but your your followers, which which seems to me well quite shallow. I feel exactly the same, and you know I, I remember seeing one one sort of pitch. I was pitching for one commercial job, and literally the criteria was must have a minimum. This was for the photographer as well, not just for the whole job. Must have a minimum of ten thousand followers on Instagram to apply, and that just. Ugh just shocked me. I find it quite sick, sickening, really, that the world has come to that because I've seen some creatives, let's say, uh, you can't see, but I'm doing, you know, quote marks in here. I've seen some creatives that were employed based on their massive Instagram following and the work on set was absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. It had to be redone. So it's not all as rosy as it sounds, no. I feel. And, and you tend to look at fashion work and, and beauty and advertising and think, oh, they're... There's the heady world of the, the the serious photographers over there that are probably looking in a, in on if you like the social photography world. Well, this maybe this is more something that says something about about me than than what what the reality is, Wayne. But, <laughs> but true, I, I think true. looking out as a social photographer, sometimes yeah. there um. 
there is this feeling. Oh hell, I'm going to say it. Often there's this feeling um, <laughs> that that you that you think. Well, you know, they probably look down upon this world as kind of, oh, well, there's the wedding guys over there. Just sit down there in your box and be quiet. We're the yeah. real photographers. Yeah, is it, it, it's a strange world we live in, isn't it? I mean, we're all being judged and our work is being judged, no, maybe not us, but we're, our work is being judged in, in so many different ways now. It's it's almost getting a bit surreal. You know, I don't want to sound too negative about the industry because I know plenty of fashion photographers that are still super, super busy. And now that, you know, lockdowns are lifting in some places, work is starting to pick up again. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, one one close friend of mine who is, you know, just preparing for another Vogue campaign as we speak next week. So, or the week after he's casting for it. So he's, he's shooting big, big covers and, uh, you know, big eight to 10 page spreads still. So it is out there, but I think it's still a bit of, if you're already in the pipeline, then you'll, you'll probably have the work pass through. Mm. If you're new and you're trying to get noticed, then I feel that you will be probably submitting your work to a lot of the online magazines of a lesser sort of um, a lesser quality or less less known um, just to get your submissions into, you know, a digital online six, eight or ten page spread rather than a major publication. And I'm assuming perhaps there's not the money in that. No, there's not a lot of money in what we class as editorials. Uh, fashion editorials are where you get to be a little bit more looser and a little bit more creative, let's say. And then, you know, fashion advertising um, and, and, and corporate branding is where the big money is. Campaigns is where the big money is. You know, we like that word campaign. It's like a little jackpot handle on the side of a slot machine. But editorials, yeah, quite, quite low paid. And I, and I found they're actually lower paid in the UK than they are in, say, France or in the US. They seem to be better paid in, over there than they are here. I've um, been speaking to a number of photographers of late who've not started interviews with, well, my parents bought me a camera when I was nine. Um, that, that they have a rather more sort of well they've fallen into it more as you might say some would say luck some might say fate some may say complete accident how, how did it start for you oh gosh yeah i started out um as an automotive photographer really um back in back in the day of film um i came from a fine art painting world um i was studying a fine art degree and had to take photography because it was an art-based subject i had to uh take it mandatory um, and it was there I sort of fell in love with it really and found that I could interpret my ideas better with light and physical people than I could with a brush and canvas and that sort of you know grabbed hold of me then and uh, that my, my path my journey had begun um, so automotive photography but I was always leaning towards people and everything I did even even when I was doing the fine art stuff I was doing sculpting and sculptures and things I was always sculpting heads and faces and people so I think I was naturally leaning towards people from the outset and then slowly started making my way over and was lucky to hit a new magazine that, that came through a, a design and repro agency I was connected with. And uh, they said, hey, would you like to, uh, you know, do the front cover and a, a six and eight page editorial with a centre spread? I said, yes, please. Well, and uh, <laughs> and, and <laughs> I, I, I shot every episode, every every issue from there on until they were no more. <laughs> and, and I would imagine at that moment that was the end of your automotive um, photography career. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, you, do, I, do you miss that at all? I mean, for um, a start, the models don't talk back to you in those shoots. <laughs> they don't talk back, yeah. I, I think Although they are a bit too reflective, probably, for some people's liking. <laughs> I don't know which one's worse to touch up, actually. It's like... <laughs> well, you've got... You know, after... I spoke to an automotive um, photographer not so long back, and he said, I tell you what, he said, you, you know, doesn't matter how much retouching you do, you open up the magazine the following... You know, when it when it goes out and then you always see a little bit of yourself in the side of the car and you think, I missed that bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Mind, 
mind you, with the uh, with the detail we get in in modern digital cameras today and the megapixel rates, I often see myself in the pupils of my models. Really? So wow! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you using? Uh, well, we'll come to the equipment shortly. Mm. But are you, are you using GFX then for for if you're if you're getting to see yourself in pupils? I would imagine you probably are. Uh, yeah, I am GFX. I'm I'm XT. Um, XT. Well, I've just actually recently during lockdown just um, replaced the XT threes with XT fours. Oh, good. Um, because I do, you know, the video side as well. But um, I just love shooting the medium format. I love the GFX. It's just, yeah, that that kind of image quality is to die for, really. And I'm just I'm really stuck on it. But I, sh- I shoot the 50R probably more than any of the other oh, right. 50S and things, yeah. And, and you mentioned the film work, and I wanted to come to that. seems an appropriate time if you've mentioned it. Um, mm. well, what was the, the reason for a move to do more film work? Because you're directing, which is, um, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, was it was it you thought look you know keep up with this because if you don't you'll be left behind or or was it genuine fascination for the medium um, a bit of both really um i i used to do a lot of work for for next clothing um and i actually sort of helped uh, set up 10 new studios at domain hq here in the uk yeah, you were head and photographer then weren't you for them i was head photographer yeah. there for for a, a few years yeah and i was sort of um my role as head photographer was then to really introduce online video and 4k film to all the in-house photographers mm-hmm. um to do all the catalog online catalog work and things so i was kind of doing that anyway but using you know proper cinema cameras um as well as dslrs sometimes so what would um, you be using uh, they would use the the, the canon mm-hmm. uh, eos ones um for even shooting video c100s um, or 300s or, or the dslrs uh no they'd use the, the dslrs okay. the eos ones right. uh, the one ds yeah they'd use those um and they then they would use anything from the Black Magic uh, Ursas um, and also the Canon C100 Sony FFs, right. FS9s, right. something like that. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were going through a bit of a mix and a change to see which one suited it best. And, and so, con- considering obviously that the the, um, the XT4, um, the specs just get better and better and better. Oh, crazy! How, how does that now stand up to? Uh, I mean, I've I've used C100 and tiny, yep. tiny little bit the C300. And once yeah. was allowed to turn a C500 on, and that was about as cl- okay. close as I was. <laughs> okay. And I think, oh, yes, I have actually uh, mounted an Ari Alexa. And yes. then I was told to go and stand in the corner. Um, yeah. But, but how, <laughs> how, does, how does the X-T4 really stack up when you, when you look at it? I know it's going to be difficult because you've got your Fujifilm Ambassador badge shining there. But how does it stack up against these uh, these more designed cinema cameras? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It, it really, I, I think, you know, capabilities of the X-T3, X-T4, any of those video capabilities are completely up there 100%. You know, you've, you've got 10-bit 420 or 422 if you're recording to an external recorder. Um, you, you've got amazing quality in them. You got, you know, your 4K. You got 120 frames, 240 frames per second in HD for slow mo. You got inbuilt stable. Yeah, it's capable, completely capable. The difference with a proper cinema camera, its build quality, its ergonomics, and its user interface, like all its functions and, and buttons and controls, and the other additional things that it have. My, it might be extra power ports, XLR ports. You know, all, all those kind of things that you can't squeeze into um, like a mirrorless camera, really. So, um, and not only that, they're built like tanks. If you've ever, well, you've, you know, you've held a, you've, yeah. you've held a, an Ari Alexa. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. built like an absolute tank. Yeah. And they're designed to be weatherproofed in a, in a way that I think DSLRs and compact uh, mirrorless cameras are not weatherproofed. I mean, I've seen those things go through some 
crazy, crazy things weather-wise and still work fine. Have you, um, it's very difficult at this point because it's almost like I'm asking you to um, to have a wish list for future <laughs> Fujifilm cameras, which is unfair um, given that you probably know more about some stuff that's coming out than I, I will. Um, but I mean, I, I keep looking at the X-H series and thinking, you know, you only need to go one step further here and that's with yeah. your sound to shove some XLR cables in there and we're sorted. Do you, are yeah. you along that having used cinema cameras that's one of the main benefits of course as well well it's, you know that that is a benefit yeah no i, I agree I, I think you know if fujifilm could somehow squeeze without making their bodies much bigger because you know believe it or not some people out there still complaining about the size increase of the xt4 over the xt3 which i can't get my head around but um i think if they could get a full-size hdmi port in there and a proper um, audio jack cable in there, I think that would, would would be going a long way. I think additionally for XLR stuff, you know, other camera brands, even in video world, have made an XLR adapter, which fits in your hot shoe on the top, which you can then plug into your camera and then plug in XLR mics. I think if Fujifilm could have a third-party device like that for audio, that would probably be uh, a really, really good advancement, mm. you know, on top of all their video stuff. Well, I, hear, 100%. I hear people screaming at me now, though. What about the balanced sound, though, Neil? So let's move on. <laughs> Um, light, lighting and mastery uh, of it has been part of your stock and trade, to be honest, Wayne. Um, yep. And you're an... Um, well, here we go. We're, um, we're ambassadorialising again, if there's such a word. Oh, sorry. With, with Ari, and, and prior to that, you were Boeing's lighting ambassador. The, the two setups being different by virtue of Ari being constant, Boeing's was flash. Yep. Uh, I wonder if the, the difference and your move to constant light sources were will be down to the way mirrorless works in the studio and, of, and of course, your film work because um, mm. it is a very different approach, isn't it? You're not looking through the lens, which, of course, there is a, an advantage to, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. I mean, for, for, for me, continuous light has always been there from even when I started photography, probably actually even before flash or strobe. I was using continuous lights because it was affordable and we all had, you know, 60 watt or 100 watt light bulbs in our house somewhere that we could use um, as a light source before you could afford to buy anything as a student. So continuous light has always been a part of my my sort of uh, my, my kit bag. I do still use it even photographically, um, even before LED was as big as it was. You know, we used to use tungsten or daylight balance and HMI and all those kind of things, which we still use today, believe it or not, even for shooting children's portraits um, commercially in catalogue. We still use big sort of 10K um, ARRI lighting wow. for, for things like wow. that. Super, super bright. And we're still shooting at high shutter speeds, you know, anything up to like one five hundredth of a second with that just to, you know, freeze a bit of movement if there is any. So it, it is very viable even in today's industry for stills work and not just moving image. Mm. But of course, compact flash, the portability, battery operated, cost is is just getting better and better you know for us as photographers and some and more options as well and there's also the question with with flash work in the studio how do you deal with this this so-called black hole when you're working at say i don't know one one twenty fifth at f8 iso 100 the way that i was brought up to work in the studio you can't yep. you can't see through the lens as i said before in the studio and the modeling lamp isn't adequate power to really light the scene for say focusing how, how yep. do you work flash when you're when you're in a studio with uh, with the Fujifilm mirrorless setup, 
Yeah, the good thing is, if if I've got any lighting on in the studio anyway, you know, in-house lighting, um, that's generally good enough for my focusing. I don't, I don't, I have to admit, I don't really suffer the low-light focusing issues I've heard other people mention. Um, I don't know whether they're trying to shoot in pure darkness or something or what. I don't, I haven't really suffered any problems with lenses locking on in low light. So if you've got your house lights on, as I, as we call it, that that's enough as a modelling light for me for for stills, and I just make sure that obviously the power of those is. Um, is at a level where it won't affect any of my 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 exposure um, settings in my camera, and that my flash will overpower that. If you if you've got that setting and set up right, then you'll be fine to keep your house lights on. You don't need to turn them all off in pure darkness to be able to shoot. Probably my my error w- would be always I, I like to sit in the dark and shoot through a snoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Might, might, might be a bit of the issue there. Yeah, it could be. Um, talking of the ambassadorial thing, you are of course yeah. an ex photographer, and clearly the ambassador role is something that you've embraced as a photographer. Um, mm. We've talked about this on the show and how important it is to some people, how much of a business benefit it can be as well Uh, let's not beat about the bush on that how important is it to you personally or to your business i mean it's got to be a door opener when you're say teaching workshops which you do yeah, uh, it's. I mean, it's a pleasure to be an ambassador. I love being part of it, and and for for many reasons. You know, we we get asked for our insights into what we would like to see in future cameras, and sometimes a lot of that is taken on board, which is great to see and hear. Other times, we get to test products that are only prototypes, pre-release, and see how we get on with it, and give feedback if there can be any changes made, and that's always really nice. And and of course, we get we get access to just you know lots of beautiful equipment in both both camera and, and lens wise um fujifilm have always been very supportive uh, to us as photographers if we want to try anything they're always there to sort of help out with that and we, we get to give them our content and they get to share that with the world and, and promote us a little bit and of course i do fujifilm workshops as, as well as my own where i i take people through using anything from an x series camera right up through to a gfx 50 or gfx 100 so i get to let people have the experience of working in a fashion or beauty environment with me with all those cameras and lenses that they perhaps don't own yet. So that, that's always rewarding. I love the teaching side of it, to be fair. How did the involvement with Fujifilm happen? Did they approach you? Did you approach them? Um, same as always. I know they probably get lots of people approach them every day, but uh, Fuji's sort of process is that uh, don't call us, we'll call you kind of scenario. <laughs> they get lots of people going, hey, if you give me your camera, I'll promote your name, you know. Yeah. <laughs> give me free kit. It doesn't work like that. We, we don't get free kit. We still have to buy all our equipment. Yes, Kevin always says this. It's it's not about the free kit at yeah, all. Yeah, God, I wish it was. <laughs> Especially as I yeah. shoot medium, yeah, more medium format. They cost me a fortune. Yeah, yeah have another present. <laughs> yeah, lovely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's all great on that side. Of it. But yeah, we, we don't get free kit. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, I like it. I mean, how did I get found? I was a Canon shooter before I moved to Fuji, and I was Hasselblad and Leica on a medium format before GFX came into the world a few years ago. And I'd heard good things about Fujifilm, and I went out and bought an X-Pro1, which was current model at the time, a little rangefinder just for some personal use. And then not long after, X-T1 came out, more DSLR-based um, in terms of its uh, ergonomics. And I thought, hey, I'm hearing really good things about the X-T1. So I bought one and I started bringing it to commercial shoots and rattling a few frames off at the end of a shoot after I'd finished, you know, all my commercial work on my Canons. And I just, I was just blown away by the results compared to my Canon 5D3s and EOS 1Ds. And I was just like, hey, this could work, you know, could work. Form factor, 
weight was great. And of course, at the time, you know, you were saving hundreds, thousands of pounds on, on kit. Yeah, and the rest. And the yes. rest. You know, I literally did a live demo where I compared a Canon 5D Mark III full frame 22 megapixel with their 7200 2.8 lens against the Fuji X-T1 16 megapixel X-Trans 1 sensor with a, with with um, the 5140 equivalent lens and uh, the 5140 on the X-T1 was just mind-blowing and the detail was phenomenal. And that was on the 1? That was on the 1, yeah. There's something different about the X-T1 sensor and everybody says it and I completely agree with them. There's something beautifully warm about that sensor. Um, I don't mean in terms of warm tone, but just something about it you can't quite put your finger on. I wish mm. they could put that into XT2, 3, and 4 and going forward because it is different. Are you talking about the, the way it deals with skin tones? Or? Um, maybe, maybe. I, I, I might be wrong in saying that it without, turn, without turning to a sharpness conversation, it, it feels a bit more organic on the eye. Does that make right. any sense? It's hard to explain. It's yeah. hard to explain. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that, and we've talked about this before with the uh, Canon 5D range. Mm. The 5D1, you know, yes, it's sensor, and, and what it could do was never as good as the the, the 2, 3, and 4. Uh, but there was something about the picture that seemed, well, I, I often equate the word creamy. There was this, this kind of uh, beautiful nature to the images that came straight out of camera that I don't think the range ever quite replicated thereafter. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's there's definitely something about the early sensors that, that had that lovely, warm, organic feel to it. And I Although having said that, of course, you know, if you went above ISO 800, you were in a snowstorm. <laughs> yeah, so, hailstorm so, you know, more like. <laughs> <laughs> there are, yes, there are, there are, there are also the, the downsides yeah. <laughs> to, to it as well. Wayne Johns is back next week for the second part, which involves the organising of shoots, fashion shoots, and how, how photographers can make their first tentative steps into the genre. Also coming up on my other podcast, Photography Daily, this week, I'll be talking to the London fashion photographer, Max Lakeham, whose fashion and portrait work reads a little like a celeb who's who. Ten years into the business, and it's all slotting nicely into place, thank you very much. Also this week, first part of a chat with uh, Adam Carnatz, first man photography, who once walked the beat, but now earns his money from being one of YouTube's growing landscape photographer sensations. Plus, the American photojournalist, now celebrated advertising and film director, Vincent Lafaray. And to come in this part of the show, back in Fujicast world, what is all this stuff about a new F1 lens in the in the lens lineup? So, right, back to your questions, Kev. Okay, this is from Kathy, and she says, uh, continuing to love the show, blah, 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 yada, 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 I can yada, never yada, hear yada. the word Kathy without thinking of that. It's me, Kathy, I've come home again. Mm, she's retired now, isn't she? Is she? Uh, no. During lockdown, I came across a very good events photographer who takes images of funerals. Right. Particularly with numbers being limited at the moment, there's an increase in demand for funerals to be live-streamed or recorded so that those who cannot attend yes. can feel part of the service of and virtually pay in their respects. Yeah. I had never come across a stills funeral photographer, though. Is it something that either of you would consider doing? And uh, keep going. You make Mondays much happier. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. Uh, we don't live with Kevin. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, not that I do. <laughs> we, no. haven't, we haven't set up home yet. Yeah. Kev, <laughs> do you think we should tell people? Tell me why you make Mondays miserable. <laughs> uh, it's, well, you've done a funeral. I have. Um, and I've just been asked to video one as well. Oh, really? Um, now we did a little bit of two way on this. The the person that asked me it was um, it was a sad um, situation actually. Really, it, it, um, well, it's always sad, isn't it? But he'd lost a very close member of his family, and 
I don't think everybody was totally into having the the video. So we had quite a conversation about, you know, you need you you I don't like the phrase buying, but it's probably the the most appetite for this that you you need your guests to have buy into this. Otherwise, it's going to be very very difficult mm. to to do what you want to do and he wanted it recorded for members of the family that can't fly from overseas. So there was a reason for it. But as as for um, photographing one, yes, I have. Um, I, I did that, uh, the photography for, um, it was a little lad that died just a couple of weeks after his birth. And uh, the mother and father had been through this a, a few times. And uh, this time they said, no, you know, he, he was somebody that, it was Felix was his name, little, little lad's name. Somebody that you know, he was real. He was here, and and I think it's right and proper that we we celebrate the fact that he was here, even if it was only for a short time. And that's why they wanted the photography. It was an, it, it was it was an event for Felix, mm. and I got that hundred percent. And actually, the people that were there, and even though this is pre-COVID, obviously because it was a couple of years ago now, mm. there, there there were maybe there were a mite more than thirty, but but not that much more. Um, they kept it very tight and and close to their family. So it was a similar-sized event, actually, and I, I photographed it using um, the 56mm on, I think, either X-T2 or 3. Sorry, I, I did make a YouTube film about this, actually, to help people that were, um, with, with actually permission from, um, from the mum, that were possibly thinking about doing this themselves. Um, and also an X-T... Uh, sorry, an X100. Uh, so would it, wouldn't it have been... Would it have been the F? It might have been the F then, yeah. And... Uh, I, I just kept a, a sort of respectful distance mm. and I found that making eye contact with people helped as if to ask for permission sometimes. You'd look mm. at them and think, look, you know, can I do this? And often their eyes would say, yeah, it's okay, but just don't get too close. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, there's a couple of things. And I actually photographed, I've never photographed a funeral, but I think in, in uh, Nigeria it's quite common. They celebrate. Yeah, they yeah. celebrate their funerals almost like births, you know. Well, I think there was a Nigerian photographer in London that was called herself the funio- funerographer. Or yeah, something. that's right. Yeah, she had a BBC feature uh, it, made about her. It's a big thing yeah. in that culture, and um, I know that. I think Anna, uh, that we both know, I think she's she's done some stuff like that too. Yeah. I remember photographing. Um, a, I got a call from another photographer who said that. His wife was really poorly, and uh, she sadly wasn't going to make it. But she's going to have a party, and okay. uh, can you come and photograph it? Yeah. So I did, and it was the it was brutal. Uh, I mean, beautiful, but brutal. Brutal on you or brutal on the people? Brutal on on just well, just brutal. Mm. And um, is that because you felt uncomfortable? I didn't feel uncomfortable because I didn't really know them. I mean, I was, you know, obviously in the moment. And she was giving gifts to people and things like that. Oh, wow. And she was very, very poor. So these are parting gifts. Yeah. And, oh. and um, it was it was like an afternoon party. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't like a big old rave or anything. No. And she, you know, she she died about ten days later. And it was it was it was surreal because yeah. obviously she knew that she wasn't going to be around. I think the ten days was was speculative as well and uh, you know so brave absolutely incredibly brave but you know when you get a call like that and i I don't know this is the question i was going to ask you about the video that you've uh, you've, the the request you've just had to to do a video you know what happens when they say how much 
how much do you charge? You know? Now, uh, yes, and uh, this was the hardest part, particularly Felix's, mm. um, young Felix's funeral. Um, and I, I don't feel it would be appropriate for me to reveal how much it was. No, 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 no um, not at all. But um, I do remember that the mum said, we're going to pay you for it, and I expect to pay a professional fee for this. Mm. And I said, well, okay, this is what I charge... Uh, I'm not. I didn't charge my wedding rate. No, no, I didn't do that. Um, but I, I did charge an hourly rate. Plus, because I was doing some travel, they entirely understood the petrol and mm. staying overnight the night before. Because so, the last thing you want to be doing is sitting on a in mm. a traffic jam on a day like that, no. getting there. And they were they were fine about it. Um, and I, I found the best way to be was very matter of fact of that. I gave my standard day um, um, hourly rate. Nobody flinched. And yeah. it was fine. Yeah, well, that's good. Mm. I, I mean, the first thing that goes through my mind, of course, when something when you get a call like that is, I'm not going to charge for that. You know, that's that's what goes through your head. Yes, isn't and, it? and and I must admit but that's that, not that, professional. That, I would have said that. Yeah, <laughs> probably. It had she not said, had she not said that. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. But the conversation could have been entirely different. I, I think I would find lots it, of empathy in it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't charge for for the um, for the party thing, but then you know, if I was doing that regularly, then I'd have to. You'd of course you would, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I blubber, you know. Yeah. I even cried at the, um, uh, the the film about the sing the song contest. What's it called? What, uh, what the Eurovision? Yeah. Even, no, Kev. I did. A little oh, tear. Honestly. Yeah. I'm a right little pest. I E.T., I'll, I'll give yeah. you E.T. Yeah. Oh, but. God, yeah. E.T., <laughs> flipping heck. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's such a yeah i mean it is an emotive event i must admit i i am very much like you i'm a bit of a soft old sausage mm. and um uh, and i i was i did spend quite large parts of that uh of that day having to steal myself mm. quite literally uh, there was a kind of a even though i was entirely the same as weddings because i can be a soft old so-and-so as well at weddings there is something that clicks in where you you know, it doesn't make you non-empathetic, but mm. but uh, or unempathetic. But but it, it you can distance yourself whilst also being there. Well, of course. Uh, I mean, look at funeral directors. Yeah, you know, they do three funerals a day. Yeah. You know, and and there's that old saying, isn't there? That the 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 two last trades in the world will be funeral directors and tax collectors. Yes. Because they're the two things you're guaranteed in life. Oh my word! Having taxed, being taxed. Yeah. Dying. Oh dear! Thanks, Kev. There we go. Anyway, would you shoot on with the would, show? Would you shoot one? <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I, I, I would. would. And I, the there were some logistic problems that meant I couldn't do the video, but I would have been there without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. I would have been there. Mm. Right. Um, here's one from. Oh, I haven't written the name down, but this is really important. Oh, I know who this is from because it came with some pictures um, from our friend up in where's Ali Stewart based Inverness is it Inverness Glasgow. no Glasgow Glasgow Edinburgh oh really we should know this anyway it's from Ali hi Kev hi Neil just catching up on 141 I listened to the alpaca story and I will raise you a litter of puppies 
Do you remember this this conversation? Alpacas. Yeah. Stop bringing alpacas to weddings. Yes, this really is a thing. Now, now this is a thing. Did you see this come in, by the way? She sent some pictures. I did, I did. Bridesmaids skimping the flower budget. So what they're doing is they're not having flowers. (laughs) They're carrying puppies down the aisle instead of bouquets. I can't see how that's... What what are they doing? Actually skimps money. Uh, They must cost more, And also, they must be sticking corks up the puppy's bums. Oh, please, Kev. Well, I mean, I'm sorry... They're, those puppies are puppies. I yeah. know what puppies do. Puppies make a mess. Don't be rude. Well, all over those brand new, beautiful bridesmaids' dresses. Well, I was thinking that. I was thinking that. That does seem, yeah. But I just, I wanted to mention it because I wondered <laughs> if anybody else had seen this kind of ridiculous behaviour. <laughs> Next year, it could be llama bouquets. So Kev's auntie could be quids in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and she said, and for the purposes of radio, here's a few photos. Look, let me hold them up. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Unbelievable! Uh, what's that behavior? just dropping out of the bottom of that puppy? <laughs> that, is, <laughs> no, I, I, that is wrong. I, I, I did feel a little bit bad after we we talked about the llama. Th- I, Why? I, me personally, made a lot of fun about people who bring llamas to their weddings. Well, I think you can. I think it's perfectly justified. Well, yes, but then I did think actually it is entirely up to them. People. Well, I know it is, but let's be honest. It's it's life gone mad if you start thinking I need to have a llama bearing my ring. I, I know. I, uh, really? I, I know. I know. I know. But I did feel, I did feel a little bit disingenuous, you know. Yeah. And then, and then, you know. And then I thought, well, actually, well, yeah, would you if have you want to have a ridiculous I, wedding, go ahead. <laughs> it's entirely up to you. Would you have? I mean, if <laughs> I, 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 when when you and uh, the great Gemma renew your vows, okay, would you have, uh, let's say, the 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 bouquet chicken running down with with Gemma's ring? <laughs> no, of course you wouldn't, because it's daft. No, makes no right. sense. Quite right. I might have somebody. I might have. Um, well, no, yeah, no, I'm not even going to go there. No, stop it. Stop it. Right. Stop uh, it, anyway, mommy. thank, thank you for for that. It wasn't so much of a question, but uh, a Very bit of funny. a follow up to episode one four one. Yes, puppies. I want to see the the, the after shot of that. Yeah. Uh, it, have I got a question? Is it my turn for question? It's your turn for All question. All right, yeah. I've got a question here. It, um, and I'm not even sure. It's quite a long one. It's from Carl Hare, the great Carl Hare. Not the Carl Hare. The Carl Hare. Really? Um, the man who knows the most about future. He should be Cambridge. sitting here answering the question himself, probably. He should. So that's why I did. I kind of thought, maybe it's not a question, maybe it's a statement. And he says, and he sent this in through the Facebook post. We have a Facebook post that's pinned to the top of the group where you yes. can put your questions in. And Neil will put a little camera icon if it's been featured. Well, it's the only way I, I can remember that we've answered them. Yeah. Which, I was going to delete them, and you said to me, don't no, delete them. No, 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 them. yeah. So, well, I, it, that, this is why I got confused, you see, because I saw this from Carl. I saw the little camera icon on the Facebook group, and I thought, I haven't seen this question. No, it means I've printed it out so it's ready Correct. for us to do. So. Right, no, I understand. And he says, I've ummed and ahed about posting this but bear with me i just saw a post on twitter about the upcoming xf 50 mil f1 lens the first post and subsequent posts below it were people moaning about the expected price and comparing it to other combo options from other brands in quotes one thousand five hundred dollars is almost the price of a new xt4 body three thousand one hundred dollars for both xt4 and 50 mil f1 or Get the full-frame Panasonic S1 with a Sigma 50mm 1.4 for the same price. Mm. Performance will be much better with the full-frame option. End quotes. So my question is this. This is Carl's question. Why do we, and I'm using the royal we here, feel the need to do this? I see it more and more often. Why do we constantly compare and compete cameras and lenses against one another from other brands, other lenses, other cameras, etc.? I get comparing the same or similar features, autofocus, performance, noise, dynamic range, etc. I guess it's similar with the 35mm equivalencies in focal length and aperture too. They're always compared. Mm. They're only ever 
any good if you're directly comparing two things angle of view field of view depth of field etc etc so uh, a question and a rant and a statement and an advert for an upcoming lens all in one post there from wow. carl well yeah. done well done you can tell who he works for <laughs> <laughs> mr whippy <laughs> my name is carl i work for fujifilm my name is carl <laughs> all right uh. so um well first of all technically i I don't know. I mean, he's said about the 50 mil F1. So maybe there's one coming, maybe there's not. I Is really that one that will adorn your bag? Um, well, I'm really intrigued by it, actually, because, again, I, I've only seen the rumours, of course, absolutely. And, and, and funny enough, the rumours, if the rumours are right, uh, say that it will be announced this week. Right. Um, but that's the rumours. Okay, so I honestly have no idea. Uh, I've never seen it, not, not even seen a prototype of it or anything. It, this is what replaced I've the... I've got one in here, though, look. <laughs> yeah, it's next to my 35 mil. Yeah, it's next to your 35 mil. Yeah. There it is. Uh, <laughs> the, so the 50 mil F1, for those of you who, who um, are wondering what the heck that is, is has replaced or did replace the... I think they were going to do a 35 mil F1 lens, and they went all the way down the route of preparing it and it was huge like enormous was it which of course it would be 35 mil f1 so they 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 switched it down to 50 mil f1 and it's still big i think it's roughly twice the size or will be according to the rumors twice the size of the or twice the weight of the 56 mil 1.2 okay what a gorgeous portrait lens this is going to make isn't particularly heavy but my understanding again via the rumors and i'm genuinely have not had any conversations with anybody at fujifilm not even fujifilm carl Mm -hmm. is that it's going to have uh you know very quick quicker than the uh 56 mil autofocus so yeah it's going to be a good lens um saying that 1500 quid for a lens the point is why are we why are people comparing and moaning and stuff and my my take on this carl is usually the people who say things like this why would you buy that when you could get this are the people who really want what they want to say is i'm really jealous i want that and it's it's life isn't it and and carl says he sees it more and more but that's that's always been there i mean when i first got my canon cameras uh i bought it because i had a canon photocopier and i so yeah, i knew, I the, I knew I the brand name yeah, that was no, the entire yeah. reason i bought it it's crazy but it's true but then when i started researching it i was like oh my god have i done the right thing there's so many canon haters and why yeah. why would you get a canon whatever it was 350d or whatever it was you know when you you should get a nick on this or that oh god yeah you know and if you have a conversation if you went to the social media pub you would not have those conversations <laughs> you'd sit next to each other you'd get your cameras out and i'd say oh that's nice i love your leica i love that leica and do you see what leica are doing now really no. funny they um on the internet people were, were complaining that leica started making their lenses in portugal right. instead of in in uh i think it's outside mains isn't it in germany because obviously traditionally german of course yeah, made yeah, yeah yeah leica and uh and i was like well there must be a reason for that absolutely must be a reason and of course then it it hit me because um, there's a 25% tax on German goods in America. There's a levy. So now they're making them in Portugal instead. So there's there's no no tax. Not all the lenses, so I think that's very clever. And then is that the is that the reason? Well, I would imagine so. Yeah. I read I read an article then, and I thought of that all through my own little tiny brain. But then I did read an article on an American photography website, right? And which made me chuckle a little bit because they came to the same conclusion, mm-hmm. and they, and they used the words um, in the neighbouring Portugal in Germany's neighbouring country Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, removed only by several countries. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let, let's just wipe out France, Spain. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, all the other little Andorras well, and yeah, places like that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yes, it's you know, if you were having a conversation with people face to face, probably you'd have a much more elegant yeah. conversation about it. And you would. And if I people, saw that, that's that gear talk. I mean, it comes back to we started this show by talking about a horrible comment that was made about your YouTube film. Yeah, and are they, Here comes ugly Kev. people that frequent <laughs> YouTube that say, "Oh, I've got time." Just who? Um, I tell you who's the most uh, the most angry about stuff is is you that Ken guy. What's his name? Oh, Ken Wheeler. Ken Wheeler. Yeah, and he gets very angry. About well, his about channel's stuff. called the Angry Photographer. Yeah. Like Although he's, he, he knows a lot about Fuji, he does. Must be said. Yeah, he's, he's very good. He has an incredible knowledge of everything. I yeah. think he can speak Greek and Russian and all sorts of things what? like that as well. Yeah, Why? yeah, he's a very clever guy, but with an attitude, of course. Right, one from uh, our old friend. You're going to love it, Tommy Two Tone. <laughs> I even went to find you a jingle this week, <laughs> Tommy Two Tone, <laughs> Tommy Vessel. Um, oh, gents, son and Kev has uh, said struck a deep chord. All standby. Namely, that photographs taken today will be posterity's window into the past. I was moved deeply when my grandfather shared a CD... A CD-ROM? A CD-ROM? CD? Was it dirty? <laughs> a bit like saying a floppy disk. <laughs> now backed up three different ways of every photo he'd ever had, including photos of my ancestors in the late 19th century, oh, of his father during World War One. blimey, yeah. of him during World War Two, and all the way through to the noughties. I'm thinking of something new for my three kids, almost six, almost three, and soon to be born in October, um, and I'm planning to send them... Oh, this! what an idea. I am planning... To send them emails once monthly, maybe weekly. I think you'll go monthly, Tommy, when you start doing it. Uh, to an account that I'm going to set up for them, which they'll receive a password for when they when they reach 18. Whoa! I know. Check this idea. Whoa! Let's hope the technology doesn't change in between. Yeah. Well, emails changed. Yeah. Or the company the email has <laughs> provided. Goes uh, well, you know, I'd go with Google. You might be yeah, safe. Should be safe. <laughs> go with Gmail. I'll I'll recount my stroke our memories of that time. I'll attach my favourite photo from the week to the email. Uh, they can read it later and have a window into their childhood. It'll be a sort of um, uh, sort of photo walk through time. Oh my God, that's incredible! What say you to this idea? Is it worth it? Question mark. Do you even need Joe? Tell me, what do you think? Are we ready? Yeah, I believe we are. I think we, we are. must be. Do it. <laughs> incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible idea. <laughs> that what? is, I think that is possibly one of the nicest ideas. I are you Kev's I'll, I I'm telling you what's going on here Tommy while he's to, Tommy two tone Kev Kev right now has just written that into his little black book Yeah not not because I'm going to do it I'm, I'm way too I I I'm, I'm I've missed the boat on that too much, so to speak Tommy I've missed the vessel on that <laughs> Um but uh no I think it's that, that's an incredible idea For yeah. anybody listening that has young children uh, and maybe may some uh, about to to be born as well. Then this, I think, this is one of the most. The, I'm gonna I'm gonna attach the word gorgeous ideas to gorgeous. it because because it really it really is. So no, I think I think it's fantastic. I think the only thing the only problem you might come across a little bit is consistency. Well, saying that we did we right at the beginning of our little um, sojourn into podcasting, um, we we featured or we talked about that guy who took a picture of his daughter every day until she was 21 was that the guy in korea no american guy oh was that okay um, i have seen a recent korean story with, with, with very along similar lines which is fantastic I, work. They're, they're, yeah. a lot of them have come forward since then but yeah. this this one was was i think the original one and so every single day 
either he took a picture of her against a blank wall or yeah. if they weren't together she did it herself <laughs> and he put it into this five minute time lapse yeah and it's incredible i know the one now it went viral didn't it very uh, easily yeah of yeah. course it would wouldn't it? and this was um, i don't know maybe six seven years ago that always makes me feel really disappointed that i didn't do the and yeah. this r- really goes right the way back to us talking about family photographs today uh, all those opportunities that you have you think right i must do that and you never do i know well that's apathy and laziness generally mm-hmm. isn't it but th- but this idea here from tommy is is great and and kudos to him if he can keep it up absolutely and uh, I just hope the technology keeps up with it. And Can you yeah. imagine the surprise on your 18th birthday having something from Dad that he's, that he's written for all those years? Wow. So they'll get this, 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 like, this document, this... <laughs> 75 gigabyte... tome. They'll be in their email going, oh, yeah. I've just got a 75 gigabyte email. Must, <laughs> must be spam. Delete. <laughs> That's oh, that no. gone. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Yeah. Maybe, oh. Tommy, you should have some instructions for them to make to <laughs> Just make, make sure. sure they know. Yeah, yeah. And, they, of course, you'll still be here, Tommy, or hopefully. And, yeah, you know, obviously. You yes. can, yes, you yes, can, yes, you yes, can yes, guide yes. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, that thing I'm sending you on your 18th birthday, do not delete. Yeah. Lovely yeah. idea. Right, let's go to the book this week. Um, <laughs> oh, our old mate, Brian Adams. Yeah. I'm sure it's 20 quid. The story changes whenever I tell it, but we went to a bar, and um, and he was going to be there. I, I, I mean, I didn't know him from Adam. <laughs> oh. Boom, boom. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and he came into the bar, and he was surrounded by... by um, you know, people that wanted wanted to know him, obviously, and um, he didn't have any money to pay for his round. He was at the bar buying a round with no money, so uh, I was with a record company um, on a on a, a gig outing, and I said, uh, "Oh, here you go, Brian. There's twenty quid." He said, "Thanks, man. I'll pay you back." He never did. Still got my money. Canadian, see. Mm. Uh, anyway, so. On that point, I do have a book by the great, wonderful Brian photographer Adams. Brian Adams, yeah. also yeah. sometimes sing songs. Uh, do you remember what was the song he sang that was Everything num- You Do? Number God, one, was number for 10 one years. for about hundred, yeah, hundred eight years, wasn't it? Good song though. Anyway, yeah. this book is. Uh, I wonder actually, with, with, with the people that are in this book, when when he says, would, "Can I do your portrait?" and they say, "No," so I, if you don't say yes, I'm coming around to sing everything I do. <laughs> I'll do sing it for that you. song for you <laughs> through your letterbox. Uh, till you say yes? <laughs> <laughs> was it, it was the uh, Robin Hood theme, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Was it Robin? Hood? Mean, it was a great song, but after a while, it's like, please, it's like Ace of Base to me. No more, please. Enough. <laughs> Bang my head against the wall. Uh, it's a good. <laughs> Song. he's great i love i love his music and but anyway uh, m- many of you will know that brian adams the great wonderful brian adams that owes neil 20 pounds <laughs> is actually also a very very accomplished photographer yes, um i think much. he's a i think he shoots primarily with leica cameras as you would expect um but this book i have here is called haven okay right. and it's a simple hardbacked a five and a bit size horizontal and it's simply pictures that he's taken of uh, on his travels of people, uh, portraits, mostly portraits. Reasonably well-known people. <laughs> Reasonably well-known portraits, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm just going to flick a page. So we have Victoria Russell there in Chelsea 2000. Um, Joan Collins, ever heard of her? Uh, that's in Chelsea also, 1999. Yeah. Flipping again, Elizabeth Hurley in Nova Scotia, 1999. Also, Naomi Campbell. Has um, he done none of Bob in Swindon? Uh, Bob in Swindon, <laughs> Marianne Faithful. Oh, Marianne Faithful stories. Uh, Skin in Chelsea, 2000. Skin the model. Uh, Pat Booth, and we're going to move forward. 
Sharon Davis, the swimmer. Look at that. The thing, it's, it's not all studio work. Some of it's no, uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's he's obviously prolific with his portrait making, but but equally, he's a very technical photographer, isn't he? This is one of my favourite ones, I think, um, which is the one of the Duchess of Kent in Chelsea, two thousand. Mm. A lot of pictures in Chelsea, um, and it's. It's quite ethereal. It's a oh, yeah. nice little beautiful picture. Do you know, that reminds me a lot of Testino's work. Do you remember the Testino stuff? Uh, I'm going to pick on another member of the royal family of, of Diana, the beautiful yeah. Testino pictures of, of Diana. That reminds me a lot of that, actually. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the last frame in the book, actually, is the one of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II oh. at Canada House, 1999. It's an interesting picture. How do you picture. finish a star-studded book yeah. with a picture of the Queen? <laughs> Stick a picture of the Queen. I love the Queen. Um, anyway, it's it's a really interesting picture because it's quite different to all the others in the book, which are much more frame-filling portrait style, I suppose. And then you have this picture of the Queen, mm. which is very... All you can see is the floating head and the bouquet she's carrying. It's almost uh, like he's sort of snooted her. Yeah, it does look a little bit like that. But but it's not a... Por- she's not sitting for this portrait, it doesn't seem. Although I do believe he's done a proper sat portrait for the Queen. Well, I bet he did. I mean, yeah, I, I bet he did an amazing portrait of, of the Queen and looking at the work through this book. It, this looks more like she's passing in front of him. At Can- it's at Canada House, so probably some kind of uh, com- do. Uh, evening do. Um, but I love it. I, absolutely I wonder if she paid it. for his bar bill as well on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Molly Deneen in the year 2000, and Molly Deneen with her baby. And now this picture is, uh, I would say, maybe shot at one-fifth of a second. You know, there's motion blur in it. Mm. and it's, Well, that's what I mean about his technical ability. He's technically a very, very good photographer, isn't he? Yeah, he's absolutely done this on purpose. Nailed it. Some people will look at that and go, hmm, he's like the focus and never win an SWPP award with that. Um, Careful. But it's it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And there was another one. Oh, I love the ones of Charlene Spiteri as well. Very iconic. She's got a very specific look. Yes. And there's two pictures of her. Oh, my word, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you have the, 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 the standard portrait of her kind of staring at the camera and then a real close-up of her eye with that that beautiful lock of hair she's got flicked across her face. We've discussed this before. When you look at work like this, uh, does it make you want to do more portrait work? It makes me want to be famous. Oh, does it? <laughs> Kev, that's the last thing I think I thought you'd say. Yeah, no, but, well, that, no, I mean, it does make me want to do more portrait work. But, the, you know, the beauty of these kinds of pictures yeah. is... You know, we, we don't move in those circles where you get access to this kind of stuff. That no, doesn't mean that no. you can't obviously do that. No. Um, well, I do kick myself because, you know, in this in this glass cabinet, there's my first Nikon camera that my father bought me while I was working at, uh, at Radio 1. And I always remember it was, it was the unexpected mm. Christmas present. He said to me, son, you meet lots of famous people, start make, taking their pictures. And, and uh, you know what? I didn't, did I? No, you should have done. I thought the access that I would have had at that time. They, they, they probably <laughs> would have been um, quite good in the court cases later on. <laughs> <laughs> no, stop it. But there weren't, no, I mean, when I look at some of the broadcasters, though, I spent a lot of time with yeah. one broadcaster in particular who, who sadly passed away. He was, you know, for, for many um, broadcasters, was, was the god of that medium. Uh, was John Peel. Yeah. Um, the amount of time I, I spent with him. I know. Um, and I just, to, to have photographed him working yeah. would, would have been such a photo. Anyway, no, the, so, so, you know, you're, you're quite right. We all have opportunities. It's access, that access, it, access, access, access. It's kind, yeah, I agree. But I now feel a bit disingenuous about what I said about it. I want to be famous because I don't want to be famous. But what what I do believe but, but that it would help you access, get the access. Is, <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's. It's a really beautiful book. Dame Barbara Cartland, uh, Campfield Place. 
now she's gone now isn't she yes. surely yes, yes, so I think yes. she went on to about 250 years yeah. didn't she um, but like proper s- British icon superb wasn't yeah. yeah superb yes. there's a really beautiful colourful picture of her with her dog and then on the page opposite black and white photo totally totally different context subset as subject uh, is that one Nigella motion blur Lawson look at that. that oh yes my word Nigella Lawson and uh, all you can see is her face <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that, Kev. Yeah. Beautiful portrait <laughs> as well. Me. Lovely and soft. Yeah, Nigella Lawson. So yeah. for those of you who don't know who Nigella Lawson is... I don't mean is, focally soft, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's beautiful. She's a... Uh, well, she's Nigel Lawson's daughter, of course, who was the Chancellor of the Exchequer for a while, and then she went on to become a... Um, she's a very good chef. A very good chef. I want yeah. to say celebrity chef, but I don't think that's the right word. A very good chef. Mm. Um, very popular. Very good. I've got We've got a lot of her cookbooks, actually. Have you? Jolly, uh, anyway, I, I should stop because I'm just having a jolly old you're time through this now, book. You're drooling and you did say that you didn't want the dogs to damage it and you're dribbling on it. Brian Adams, Haven, very good book. And uh, if you can get a hold of it, get a hold of it, look at it, keep it, love it forever. Mm. That one does look a bit well-loved, although, you know... Well, c- it's second-hand, so Is it's it? come... Oh. Yeah, you will, it's going to be hard to get this in mint condition. Can you get that through? Or what's that? Is it Abe Books? Abe Books. I just looked at Abe Books earlier today. There's one copy on there. Is there? £125. Want me to res- reserve it for you? <laughs> I'm sorely tempted. I'll slip a 20 quid note in there. It hasn't. <laughs> that might help. <laughs> Maybe you put some money towards it. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been the best summer of business, Kev. I might have to think about it, but yeah, I think so. Right, that's it for, for today. Thank you uh, very much for your, for, for your company as always. If you've liked this or any of the week's shows, thank you. And of course, if you can, if you feel it's relevant, because um, we are, by the way, edging toward reading the, the end of all of our Club Indulgence reviews, aren't we? Yeah. I think for next week, we're going to have to do a brand new, or maybe the week after, we might have to do a brand new feature called Tumbleweed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So if you don't, if you don't, uh, if you don't have uh, anything to say about us, then we won't have anything to say about you. That's it. It's like it's like they say, oh, okay. only fools and horses. Well, government don't give me nothing, so I ain't going to give a government nothing. Oh, that sounded like that that character off of that book made in uh, oh, the the Hockney Press. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was Delboy. No, anyway, Del yeah. So, uh, so yeah, send, send us stuff. Yes, stuff anything. Well, yeah. See in the Facebook group for any questions you have about today's show. Play nice, of course. Our moderator, Stephen Peter, in there to keep keep order. Order. Uh, if you can share the episode on Twitter or Facebook, you're a star. Let us know where you're sharing to because we'd like to give those platforms a shout out. I mentioned this a while back, and we haven't really mentioned it since. So, as as a youth say, we can give them a shout out. Send your questions, your thought, your, your, all your stories about uh, what you've been doing recently to click at FujiCast.co.uk. Music from Blue Wednesday was supporting music from the incredible artlist.io and if you'd like to see our offerings to the photo community visit fujicast.co.uk lots of info about today's show links and so on and there's a stack of resources too we'll see you next week bye 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 <laughs> oh yes he's holding a sign up we'll do that next week well, we, sub- we said you were going to talk about it at the beginning of I did point. I did yeah so we'll have to do it next week though now yeah Say bye bye, Kev. Bye bye. Bye bye. The FujiCast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way. 